Well, hi, welcome to Wednesday Word. This is our second season, our 19th episode. And to start off our second season, we have a, a very special podcast. Uh, we have a, a, quite a few members of staff who are participating today. And we're going to begin with some introductions. First, I'm David Devereaux. I'm the pastor of the church, and I'll be reading my devotional as a part of uh, our conversation today. Uh, Julie, will you say a word? Yeah, hi. I'm Julie Hart, D- Director of Connectional Ministries, and I am going on my ninth year here as um, on staff. Great. Anne? Hi, I'm Anne Hardy. I'm the Outreach Director, and I've been at Desert Spring for about 20 years. Thanks. Katie? Hi, I'm Katie. I'm the uh, Contemporary Worship Director, and I've been on staff for maybe three years, four years. Lydia. I'm Lydia. I am the uh, children's ministry director, and I've been at the church for 13 years, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, But on staff for, I'm going on to my third year now. And Grant. I'm Grant. I am the director of membership at Desert Spring Church, and I have been here three years. Well, so today's podcast, we're going to focus on covenants. And just to re- as a reminder, a covenant is a relationship built upon promises. We, ha- we form covenants all the time. If you think about uh, people who are in committed relationship with one another, that commitment is based upon promises that are made. Um, we're going to be talking about our covenant with God. Um, the scripture for our podcast today is Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 31. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Last Sunday, I ended the sermon by inviting you to join me in renewing our covenant with God. To do so, we used a portion of John Wesley's covenant renewal service. Wesley's covenant renewal service included this introduction. So I'm going to read this and be thinking about it because I'm going to ask you what you find to be particularly meaningful about this statement. Wesley's statement reads, Brothers and sisters in Christ, the Christian life is redeemed from sin and consecrated to God. Through baptism, we have entered this life and have been admitted into the new covenant of which Jesus Christ is the mediator. He sealed it with his own blood that it might last forever. On the one side, God promises to give us new life in Christ, the source and perfecter of our faith. On the other side, we have pledged to live no more for ourselves, but only for Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. There's a lot in that statement, but here's the question. Is there any part of this statement that you find particularly meaningful? What does this statement mean to you? So any of you have any thoughts on that? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wesley says, through baptism, we have entered this life. So anyone who has been baptized has a covenant with God. Is that correct? Yeah, so that's a really complicated question. And so that could become our whole podcast, <laughs> our theology around baptism. It got us off to a, a, a great start. Um, Because the use of baptism here is connected to uh, salvation itself, right? So does somebody have to be baptized to be a Christian? No. What's required is for us to believe in Jesus, right? Baptism is a special gift that God gives us that kind of seals a relationship, so to speak. Um, 
And so when he's using through baptism, he's talking about how um, um, through our faith in Christ and through this gift of baptism, we have been entered into a new covenant with God. Do we have to be baptized to enter into that covenant? The baptism is a gift. It's not a requirement of salvation. But I don't know if I answered your question now you that did. I started talking. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so faith, when you enter into a faith relationship with Jesus, that's mm -hmm. when you begin a covenant relationship. Right. And the reason he chooses baptism here is because in baptism, we make very specific covenantal kinds of promises to God. You know, the baptismal questions themselves um, um, are that kind of relational covenant relationship kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. What stood out for me is the covenant, he says, of which Jesus Christ is the mediator. And, you know, looking at the definition, a person who attempts to make people involved in conflict come together in agreement and a go-between. And so um, if we look at this covenant um, and, and becoming, accepting this covenant is also, you know, it's our job to be the go-between too, to be, you know, for people. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just, I don't think... Uh, our covenant with God through Jesus, but it's also our covenant through Jesus with the world. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. St. Paul calls us amb ambassadors for mm -hmm. Christ. That mm -hmm. same kind of idea that, that what he does for us, then we are involved in doing those kinds of things mm -hmm. with others. It's, it's probably a little cliched, but I've always really been a fan of, you know, that, that statement, he sealed it with his own blood that it might last forever. Mm -hmm. That's always had a huge impact on me. The fact that Jesus died two th more than 2,000 years ago and the, the significance of what he did and the power of what he did, that not only did it matter then, not only does it matter today, but it will still continue thousand, you know, a thousand years from now. He, mm -hmm. he died for people who aren't even born yet because he knew and because God knew. And just that's always really stood out to me. And it's it's always really, uh, there's a phrase here and I'm forgetting it, but it, mm -hmm. but it's really, it, it's really meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a really strong promise. <laughs> yeah. And in, in even in like my darkest times and some of my worst days, just the thought of that has always given me such, such drive, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk about covenants too, and uh, you know what I think of is is these promises that are made to to grow a relationship. Because even with our friends, we make covenants all the mm -hmm. time. If there's something, if there's a strain, or there's something that's wrong or not correct, we make promises to each other so that we can grow in our relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing that our relationship with God is based upon. Yeah, good. Yeah, we um, we live no more for ourselves, mm -hmm. but only for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm trying to live into that. That's easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, easier said than done. Yeah, live no more for yourself. In fact, in the next paragraph, I kind of deal with that a little bit um, in recognizing that, you know, we're we're human beings and we're not perfect. You know, so we try to we try to live for. For Jesus. But I, I love that language that on the one side, so reminding us this is a covenantal relationship, what God promises us, this new life that's promised in us. And not only is, is that life promised to us, but then we have, you know, Jesus who is the source and the perfecter of it, who will help us. So we're not in it alone. We've got the, we've got the master guide uh, to help us um, so that we can then not just live for ourselves, but that we can uh, live uh, for Jesus. 
nice. Reminds me of uh, of Hebrews chapter twelve. I'm doing this off the top of my head now, um, where um, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, um, we run the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Mm. That's who we looked toward uh, to help us to understand how to live this kind of life. Mm. So, but I love Wesley's introduction. It captures the heart of our covenantal faith. First, God makes promises to us. In response, we make promises to God. The Christian life is lived within this covenant. The covenant is deeply rooted in grace. By that I mean, God knows us. God knows our hearts, our strength, and our weakness too. God knows we are not perfect, and there will be times, maybe many times, when we will not be faithful to the covenant. Even so, God offers us the covenant, and that is grace. Not only does God offer a covenant, covenant relationship, but within the covenant relationship, God grows us in our faith and faithfulness, so that little by little, our lives become an example of what covenant faithfulness is all about, grace upon grace. In the meantime, it's important for us to recognize our limitations and our need for grace, which leads us to the importance of taking time to renew our covenant with God. I also love the practice of covenant renewal. While aspirational, the practice is intended to be very practical. It has to do with how we're going to live our lives moving forward. So let's take a, a few minutes to think about the changes that, you know, by the grace of God, will take place in our lives because we intentionally uh, renew our covenant with God. First question, what hopes or dreams do you have for 2022? Now that's an aspirational question. You know, what hopes and dreams do you have for 2022? But then in thinking about those hopes and dreams for 2022, is there anything you can be doing to help the dream become a reality? And that's a practical kind of question. So what are your hopes and dreams and then for this year? Is there anything you can be doing to begin mm -hmm. to live into that? Yeah, mm -hmm. I hope for unity. In my life, I've never known such a divisive time. And I just hope for unity everywhere, you know, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our church and mm -hmm. the world. And, and I think that the way to the practical way to move towards unity is to bring people together. And I think that when we spend time together, um, you know, and we see each other in a different way, we engage. And even though we have our differences and we have different opinions and ideas and, you know, um, being together helps us to be united. And that's, I think was the biggest hit we took aside from the loss of life, of course, during the pandemic was not, not gathering together. So practically from my standpoint, any chance I can bring people together is, is a baby step towards unity. Mm -hmm. Unity was my answer. Was so. it? Yeah. But, but I had a couple of different ideas about how to make that a reality. My first thought was prayer, Yep. you know, got to pray for unity and then being a peacemaker mm -hmm. among the people that I can, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and be trying to unify those that I have daily contact mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll share a personal, uh, hope, um, our goal, I suppose. Um, and that's 
being more thoughtful about prioritizing my close relationships, including and maybe especially my relationship with myself. Um, and so I guess it's kind of an anti-goal because not trying to be better, but um, being more present with myself and mm. where I'm at in that moment. And then also offering that same kindness to other people, mm. meeting them where they're at. So I think practically that uh, looks like practice, practicing, t- you know, taking time out to be more present mm. and um, constantly reminding myself uh to be present yeah mm-hmm. that's really good my uh, goal would be to be more present as well I think you know I'm getting older and I'm noticing you know wrinkles and gray hairs and I'm realizing that time does you know it moves and things you know they don't stay around forever so I think for me my goal is to or how I how I can make that more practical um is just spending time in the moment and trying to rid myself of fear and anxiety that kind of gets trapped in my head and and kind of let that go and just feel into into where I am at that mm. time your kids are a constant reminder of how time is f- going by so that quickly, is right? yeah <laughs> so true yeah you want to be present for them because they won't always be around you it's really true absolutely mine uh mine's a little bit smaller but I'm hoping to go back to school this year for you, you know nice. I'm only I'm only 23 almost 24 and uh I'm, I'm really hoping to to go to school uh, get a certification and some some life skills and actually start a career and on top of that you know just trying to be a better person every day than I was the previous day mm-hmm. and just you know having a little more patience being less quick to anger just doing what I can to to love more and, and hate less mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah I you know I was thinking unity as well being something I really hope to see, but where my mind went to what I can do was different from the two of you, although yours were wonderful and maybe I'd prefer to do what you said than <laughs> what I was thinking of, but I'm a preacher, so what yeah. do I think of? Exactly. You know, I think of, okay, so how do I communicate mm. this with other people? You know, and so that's what leads into the sermon series that I'm starting on Sunday, Unconditional Love Is As Love does mm-hmm. um, it's just to start helping people think about uh, relationships and the and the kinds of things that do bind us together mm-hmm. uh, that's so that's big. where my mind that's big yeah. yeah any other thoughts on this one because I'm about to get a little bit more personal mm-hmm. okay so the the next question then is when you think about your spiritual life is there some aspect of your spiritual life you would like to further develop or improve during the months to come? How might you work on this? You know, I, I think I touched on this a little bit with my last answer, but uh, I kind of want to continue talking about it, that just trying to be a better person every day, trying every day to not necessarily what I want to do when things get inconvenient or things get difficult, but to do what I think God would want me to do to look at those difficult moments, to look at those moments of anger and to try to find the love in them and and find the joy in them and through finding it myself, spreading it to other people. You know, I want to be someone that when people think of me, they think of the love I try to share with everyone because I think that's really what God wants of us. 
you know, there's that that uh, that passage talking about uh, do not pass judgment, but love thy neighbor. And mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, and really just trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. You're good at that, Grant. Though I, you'll come over to my office and say, "Are you okay? You seem to little, you know, like you'll check in on people, and that's a big piece of it." Yeah, I try. You do, yeah. And that ties into my thoughts on this question too. Um, with the community groups that are coming up um, based on Bob Goff's book, Everybody Always, um, he uses the term, um, for Christians, he uses, he uses the term people who are becoming love. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of struck me. I, I had never heard that term before. So it's kind of inspirational to me um, that uh, to become a more loving person um, you know, or a person who's concentrating on becoming love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was thinking about um, a spiritual uh, practice. Uh, you know, prayer is, a, you know, I, I, I believe in prayer. Um, but because I facilitate the prayer chain at the church, sometimes I feel like a 911 operator. Like <laughs> the prayer comes in and, I, and information goes out. But then sometimes you're like, man, I don't know what happened with that, you know. Um, and so for part of my spiritual practice is trying to, you know, circle back and follow up. And cause you know, I know there's just so many answered prayers we don't even know about. And so I'd like to be more intentional about, you know, seeing where that prayer, how it's working in people's lives more. Cause we don't mm-hmm. always hear right. just like a 911 operator, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. I also, mine has to do with prayer, mm-hmm. although I just would like to, uh, further develop my own prayer practice. I think, you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about the Bible and our sermon series and all of those things when I'm writing curriculum for the kids. I spend a lot of time thinking about these things. And so it's easy for me to then not allocate specific time just to be just myself with God and just praying. Um, And so I, that's something I'd like to Mm-hmm. to develop more. It's hard not to go into teacher mode, right? Right. That's right. It seems like sometimes, and at least for me, the way that we serve can also be a block to serving in another way. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think where I'm lacking this year was in connection with people. Um, lots of times, you know, even in life too, but at church specifically, you know, I'm setting up and tearing down. By the time I'm done, everybody's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so people come in and out and I don't know, I don't know their names. I don't know, you know, who they are, where they're from, you know, if they play a musical instrument and they want to join the praise band, you know, yeah. this is where I've been lacking. And I think that it's important for me to take the time and make some extra connections. Yeah. That's great. You know, I wrote the question but wasn't planning on answering it. (laughs) 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 But maybe I should answer it. I mean, it is interesting because, you know, my job has to do with spiritual life, right? I mean, you know, I spend a lot of time praying. I spend a lot of time reading scripture and, and that kind of stuff. That's just a, you know, part of the normal cycle of every week for me. Um, But, uh, but when I think about, you know, is is there an aspect of my spiritual life I need to further develop the one that comes to my mind may seem almost counterintuitive from what we've been through because of all the isolation that we've been through because of the pandemic. Uh, and yet the thing that I probably need to spend the most time on is, is solitude. Um, 
because while isolated, you know, my mind, our minds, all of us, I'm sure, we're going, a, you know, a mile a minute on, so what do we need to do and how do we keep things going and, and you know, what changes we have to make because of what's happening and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, and so just to have time to step back and to reflect upon all of it and upon my life and my place within it, mm-hmm. um, that kind of practice of solitude, that's always been a really important thing to me that's kind of been lost over the, the course of the pandemic that I'd like to, to work on again. I just think of you know, Jesus giving that example always of finding time to step away to a quiet place. Um, and then from there, you'd see him going in a new direction with his ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, mm. that's just a kind of a perfect example, I think, for, for what I need to be able to, to do now. And I don't have to have long periods of time. You know, I don't have to go in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights or anything like that. You know, but, but uh, to take um, a half a day uh, and just to be able to step back in the... And, and and be quiet and listen. That helps me a lot. So that's where I go with it. It's a good point. Isolation and solitude being different, mm-hmm. right? I mean, during that time, I went to sleep every night watching YouTube videos on how to do some sort of technical thing. Yeah. There was no quiet. <laughs> there was no solitude. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's that's for me too. It makes the most difference in my life is when I take time to be quiet and I can notice that, mm-hmm. you know, my anxiety is down and I'm more patient with my children. You know, mm-hmm. just. 15, 20 minutes in the morning, just doing mm-hmm. a small meditation and yeah. Uh, I think as church leaders, um, it's important for us to concentrate on our own spiritual life. And Sarah Pay, um, who couldn't be here today, who's our youth director, um, told me, you know, Anne, you, you can't lead people past where you are. So mm-hmm. we have to, you know, it's mm-hmm. important that we develop our own spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that we can talk about uh, related to spiritual life because, you know, for all of us, we're works in progress, right? Um, and uh, while we believe that we're going on to perfection, we'll be perfected in love, we'll become love. We're not there yet. Uh, and so within our covenant relationship with God, there's always things that we can be doing, whether it's serving others or working on spirit, on, on, um, uh, more acts of piety, like prayer or reading scripture, that kind of stuff. Um, it's important for us to ask these questions always, because it's when we are intentionally stepping forward in our faith development by doing our part that God meets us in it to help us to grow more. So there's great blessings that come out of it as well. So any other thoughts about this one? I'm excited to circle back at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where we're headed with the next question. So shall we, shall we jump into that one? Sure. Because the next question is, by the end of 2022, so that's maybe hard to think about, by the end of 2022, how do you hope people will describe any changes that have taken place in your life over the year? That can be a hard question. What do you need to work on today in order for those changes to be evident to others? So I'm going to keep beating that horse, talking about just <laughs> spending every day trying to be a better person. But Anne used a phrase I really, really liked, which was a person of love. And I hope that, you know, I probably pretty obviously won't be there by the end of 22, especially considering I'll only be 24. 
at that point. But I, I hope that if people describe me, they describe me, even if not as a person of love, someone working towards that, someone headed that way, someone who is becoming a person of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, so by the end of the year, how do you hope people dis- describe the changes that have taken place? What do you need to work on today? for those changes to be evident to others. That's the that's a kind of the real catch in this whole thing is it can be aspirational to say, well, I hope that they're going to describe me as this. But, okay, if that's going to ever happen, it comes about because of things that we're doing. So other thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, you know, every year I choose a word. Often I choose a scripture too. And um, But it, anyway, I've had... The past few years, one year was joy. 2020 was, uh, or 2020, I was simplify, which (laughs) things got super simple. Uh, (laughs) And last year was grow. And when I look back at the end of the year, I can see how just by, just by choosing a word, like you can see the evidence in it. Like, oh, wow, you know, I really did. I was intentional about even subconsciously because I had chosen that word. Um, So when I was trying to think about a word for the year for this year, I wasn't quite sure. And then I think a word chose me and it was transform. And, um, I was, I wasn't even sure what that meant. And I was thinking more in terms of me. And then, um, I think it came to me that, you know, the evidence of, um, transforming the world around me and that's, you know, being a part of that transformation for, for other people's lives, which only happens if there's transformation happening in you as well. But I've always had a word that was kind of like selfishly my word, but this year I think my word is also it's an inward and an outward focus that, um, so I would hope by the end of the year, um, to be able to see, you know, transformation in the people in my, in my little circles in their lives that, that hopefully positive things happening and their, and their spiritual lives and their relationships with God growing as well as mine. Mm-hmm. So That's great. And, and I think you're the first person I've ever heard, you know, say that I choose a word each year. Yeah. That's very interesting, and it makes me wonder what word would I have chosen mm-hmm. if I look back on on this last year. You know, I didn't choose a word, but if I were going to use a word to describe it, it probably would be survive. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> right. Uh, which is probably not a good word. That's no. <laughs> your goal for the year. Right. <laughs> so there's a little That's work true. to do there for me. <laughs> that word chose you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mine would have been pivot. How many times do we hear that in trainings and webinars? <laughs> right. yeah, right. We're like, we get it. Right. We're pivoting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be flexible. Be flexible. Uh, yeah. Adapt. Yeah. yeah I, I choose right. a new word. I, I put in nimble. Nimble. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. I got yeah. tired of the other words. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope people see, can see me as more loving and gentle um, and tolerant um, when they look back um, when on my life. Um, and I think it's important, um, and this I think this harks back to what you were saying, Julie, about connecting. Um, and I, I'd kind of like to do a little more traveling, and I think that makes us um, more tolerant mm-hmm. of people and how they live their lives and what mm-hmm. what they're what they're doing with their lives and mm-hmm. and finding commonality with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up a military brat, and one of the greatest things that I ever got to do was travel and see other places and be exposed to other cultures. And it really makes you think, and it makes you get out of your own bubble, for lack of a better term. 
you know, one of the images that has stuck with me throughout my life is I remember being in Malaysia and and people would come up to our tour boat in these little rowboats and just holding up their kids who didn't have things, trying to show how much they need. It, it's really, it, it's stuck with me as an image and it's it's made me think about just the kind of things I can do even in my own community to help those that need it. You know, one of my favorite things is a lot of the work we've done out in Sandy Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just spending even in and even if certain things aren't as big as that project, but doing what I can every day to just help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've seen the need. That's why the youth group does a mission trip every year, so they can see that and connect with that and mm-hmm. understand. Yeah, that's the purpose. It's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think people who travel definitely have a special kind of wisdom, mm-hmm. and it's almost noticeable too. It like is. You, you know, if somebody has you know traveled the world and mm-hmm. they just have this, you know, sense about them. Um, for me, uh, if I had to pick a word. I don't know, prior to doing this podcast, I was thinking more about balance, and then I went down this other route (laughs) as we were having this conversation, Um, and now I think it would probably, I would want people to describe me as being full of life, Mm -hmm. you know, so maybe joy would be the word. Oh, I see you. Totally. All I have to do is see you sing (laughs) to see the joy in your heart and in your eyes and your life. Thank you. You're very joyful when you're leading. Yeah, it's joyful to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope to. Uh, I hope that people see me as someone who is present with them and with myself, and maybe more thoughtful. Um, like I said about um, my priorities, and I think the evidence of that would be uh, people seeing me say no to things. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that's a practical thing that I can do today mm-hmm. um, to work towards that kind of uh, goal. Do you want to hear um, Lindy that used to, you know, she they moved away, but mm-hmm. she's her phrase was, "That's not I, that isn't my best yes right that's now." That's not my so best yes. <laughs> you can't say no. Say, you know, that just isn't my best <laughs> yes right now. <laughs> I like that baby steps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Saying no to things, and also I. Um, strive to teach the kids at Desert Spring uh, about kindness and compassion. And so I hope that I can be uh, a good example of not only being kind and compassionate to others, but also that means being kind and compassionate to yourself, which means, you know, sometimes saying no to things. That's great. You know, I think about the year and, 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 and for me, given you know, what I've already shared about this last year being, you know, just trying to survive um, and how that you can always feel kind of unsettled in, the, in that um, because you're always, you know, pivoting. You're always scrambling. You're always trying to figure out what to do next. Um, and that I would hope that by the end of this year, people would see me being more grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on solid ground again with some greater clarity around, okay, now this is, this is what life is, is, and, and how I move forward in it. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I, what I hope. And, it, and, and the steps toward that really take me back to that need for that practice of solitude, just being able to have that kind of space to, to, to think. Really what we're talking about is, is the content of covenant making, right? Um, so if we're going to make promises to God, um, 
in our in our relationship with God uh, to be concrete, to be specific, rather than just aspirational. Yeah, God, I promise I'm going to grow in my faith this year. Well, that's great. That's fine. But how how can that happen? Um, what do we need to do? Get very specific about it, so that um, we can look back upon uh, the you know a, sp a spirit a period of time and and to say, you know what? Not only did I keep that covenant, but but God kept God's promise to me too, because I've grown in my faith through it all. Yeah. Other thoughts about that? I don't know about that, but one one thing just popped in my head. You guys were saying um, for the year of 2021 and kind of 2020, you were more on like survival and pivoting. But I think as a church, my word for us would be resilient because uh -huh. I feel yeah. like we really made it through in a yeah. beautiful way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that's really true. Yeah. And I think this is true for probably for most everybody in their own lives, as well as for us in our church life. But, you know, when you look at, at the outcomes of it all, yeah, there was a lot of resilience. We did a lot. Um, and behind the scenes, then we were scrambling. <laughs> <trying> to... <laughs> well, answers to these questions are highly personal and different for each one of us. Of course, one thing is the same for all of us. God's commitment to the covenant. As we take our priorities seriously, putting them into practice, God is at work growing us in faith and faithfulness. This leads me to one more thing I love about the practice of covenant renewal. It is a hopeful practice. God is not finished with us yet. So my last question for us today to think about is, so what does that mean to you? That, uh, um, uh, that covenant renewal is a hopeful practice that God is not finished with us yet. What does that mean to you? It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very hopeful. And I feel like especially now, you know, at the beginning of the new year and everybody has these resolutions and sometimes we have way too many goals than we're able to accomplish. Um, but I love thinking about this as a covenant because then you're not doing it alone. And, um, and there's like more weight to it, you know, because not it's easy for me to break promises to myself, but if I am thinking about it in this relationship, a covenant, um, then it feels more supportive and more serious. And I feel more, more hopeful that I will be able to do that thing. Amen. The best is yet to come. And that, that, is goes for you and me and mm -hmm. for all of us and that's a promise you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and important for us to hold on to as a church as well that the best is yet to to come because god is not finished with us individually nor with our church as a whole that's great mm -hmm. you know i i like the best is yet to come but what i like a little bit better is why not make today the best and then make tomorrow even better Instead of looking off in that, that far off, well, I'll get to the best eventually. Why not make today the best? And then once you've made today the best, make tomorrow even better. Mm. You know, th there's yeah, so much hope and so much good through God that every day can be the best and every day following can be even better. That's mm. good, Grant, especially, you know, I think... When we, when we remember when we shut down for three weeks <laughs> and it was like, well, when this is over, then this is going to be great. And then when this happens, it's going to be great. But you know, those, that, those three weeks turn into much longer. And so you have to be able to like 
appreciate the blessings in the moment. You know, for me, the John Wesley Covenant prayer, I, I really enjoyed the service on Sunday. And um, that prayer, um, you know, while I said it on Sunday, I decided for myself, I'm making that my wallpaper on my phone. It's on my task. And every day I'm going to check off when I say that prayer, because it's kind of a risky prayer when you uh-huh. say, uh, like, put me to doing, put me to suffering, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> let me be full, let me be empty. It's kind of a risky, bold prayer. And it's, but if you, if you say those words every day, you know, cause do I really right today? Do I really want suffering? Not really, but I, I hope to grow into that prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, by I think by just the being intentional about saying it every day, um, I hope to I hope to grow into it so that I, at the end of this year I can look back and say, okay, I I did have some suffering and God was there, and I, I did have some emptiness and God was there, and grow mm-hmm. into that prayer. Do, do you have the prayer with you now? I do, can I you, do. It's, can a, you re- it's on my phone. Can you read it to remind I everybody? I surely of it? can. Um, I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant which is made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. What a great prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the text leading into that prayer in his covenant renewal service, one of the things that he says that always strikes me is that um, sometimes we can please ourselves when pleasing God, and other times we can only please God by denying ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that piece always strikes me. It co- goes right along with this prayer because it's really easy to do the things that, you know, God wants us to do that we like doing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and we yeah. enjoy doing. But then there's times where maybe what God's asking of us is something that we w- would otherwise not want to do or choose mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. And yet that's a part of covenant faithfulness too. Mm-hmm. And praying that and asking for that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. means you have to accept it when it comes. And, and it, it comes. will. Yeah. 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 Other other thoughts as we think about, you know, what it means that God's not finished with us yet. For me, it's a hopeful practice because I know if I fail, that's okay. I know that I get another chance. I get infinite chances and I can move on. And you say frequently, David, that we are not defined by our mistakes. And that's profound mm-hmm. um, because the world defines us by our mistakes. And so it's a, it's a very hopeful thing for me that, you know, and just kind of dust yourself off and go on to your next mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very, uh, you know, that God's not finished with this yet. Very hopeful for, for me as well, um, just to realize that, that there's more that God has in store for me than I am currently even aware. Um, and to remember that in that, that God is good. So we pray this prayer and it's a very risky prayer, but we're serving a God who's good mm-hmm. um, and who loves us uh, and has more in store for us than, than I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Uh, and so that's kind of an exciting, uh, hopeful thought for me. 
Well, we're about ready to close out this podcast. So we've talked a lot about this coming year and about covenant and our relationship with God and promises that we make. Anybody have any other thoughts about this before we finish today? I do. I say shout out for 2021, everyone, because I, I, I feel like I look around the table and I see, I know all the amazing things that people did that when we started the year, I don't think any of you thought you were going to do some of the things that you did. And so I just think we need to take a minute to celebrate, look back and not just look forward. This is a time of year we're focused forward, but let's take a minute to look back and say, yeah, you know, good things happened. God, yeah. God, things happened. Yeah, well, good, well done, good and faithful servants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to end this with prayer, and it seems like because we're talking about prayer, I'll invite everybody to pray. And Julie, would you read the covenant prayer as a way we close? Just read it again. Absolutely. And we can all be in an attitude of prayer as we pray this together. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will, place me with whom you will. Put me into doing, put me into suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you, praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.